And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen, bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, yeah, I gotta kick myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl's my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger, ready to move out. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the astonishing Lisa Wolf. In this hour, it's a comedy installment of The Burns and Allen Show from 1942. But it's time now for Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous, the music edition. I know this is Lisa's favorite segment, right, Lisa? It's a good one, Carl. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to play little clips from popular songs and uh, then provide a statement. And I'm going to try to guess if that statement is real or if it's ridiculous while you play along at home. That's your job. All right. So I've got iconic commercial with song pairings. Okay. So these are all commercials that were very, very popular, and they all contain songs that um, are very well known as well. All right. And your job is to let me know if I'm seeing You must have worked an extra half an hour this week. It took me about an extra three minutes, but you're worth it. All right. So here's the first song. Like a rock. That's right. You know that's. I guess they're pretty quick, huh? No, that's. But that's not the. <laughs> so what's right? That's okay. the song. Oh, okay. So the song is like a rock. <laughs> okay. It's written by Bob Seger. It's from 1986. Yeah. Bob Seger. I love Bob Seger. I know you do. So I'm going to give you a statement. All right. Um, about what statement. commercial that this song was used in? Okay, that's for Chevy. What iconic commercial? And you tell me if it's real it's or Chevy. ridiculous. Go ahead. All right, so my statement is it's used in a commercial for Chevrolet. It's it's is real. Is it real or ridiculous? Real. Let's hear it. It is. I was strong as I could be. Well, you can see you, we can't see the visual because we are radio, but these are um, this is a commercial the kind for Chevrolet. Of day you put it. So All you got that one. Took my provision. How did you remember that? Because these are iconic commercials. Yeah. Of course. Well, you got one. Hang on. If you get them all right, you may get uh, Burger King or something. (laughs) If I get them all right, I get a pizza. All right. I didn't say a pizza. I just said dinner. A meal. A meal. A meal. We'll see. Okay. Here's the second song. That's um, Madonna? Yes. This is Dress You Up by Madonna from her album Like a Virgin, 1984. This song was used in a commercial for Abercrombie. I'll say ridiculous. All right, so let's hear the commercial and see if it's Abercrombie. It's 
I'm right. This is a commercial for you. That's two out of two. They're all wearing vests. Oh, that was just a guess because I had no idea. Yeah, Abercrombie seemed right. Even Prevagen didn't help help you with that one. one. I just didn't know the answer. Well, you're halfway there. That's scary. Okay, here's the next song. Mm, I can taste that food. Oh, no. Okay, that's um. What's your club or something like that? So this is our house oh. by Madness. Oh, I mean, Madness. you don't have to know yeah. that. That's for me to tell you. Released on their album The Rise and Fall, 1982. Okay. Okay. So this song was used in a commercial for Maxwell House Coffee. Real or ridiculous? Maxwell House Coffee. I don't think so. R- ridiculous. All right, well, let's hear the clip and, and see what it's for. We all eat grow the finest beans. Then they're roasted by our expertise. Our house. Each bean is custom roasted to its peak. Our house. It's always good to the last yeah. <laughs> I don't get the third one no, always. You didn't get, I'm always it's getting just, <laughs> the third one wrong. It must be a trick It's Maxwell House? It is. It's a commercial wow. for Maxwell House Coffee, our house. Oh, man. Darn. Darn I was so hoping Lisa. to buy you dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do the last one, even though neither of us can play. be play. I don't want to play. <laughs> You're no fun. Let's do the last one. Oh, man. I had a good streak going okay. there, Mike. Do one about bubble baths, and then Michael get it right, Mister Bubble. Oh, so this is um. Oh wait, don't tell me. Who is this? This is "Don't You Want Me" by Human League. Oh, Human League, right? And it was released in 1981. All right, 1981, the year I graduated high school. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh, this was used in a commercial for Swiffer Sweeper. Real or ridiculous? Ridiculous. Let's listen to the commercial. New Swiffer Sweeper is redesigned oh, to clean deep you were wrong. This wow. is absolutely I'm used okay in the Swiffer Sweeper. Because you got one wrong anyway. Yeah. So you got 50%. Yeah, so it's true or false, 50-50. So you're right on the mark. <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, um, those are good. I like those. I don't remember those. Well, you knew the Chevrolet. I remember the Chevrolet. I'll do some more next week. The other ones I didn't really remember. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Lisa. Sure, Carl. You probably worked an extra about five minutes on that. About three minutes. Thanks, our listeners. Appreciate that. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) When we come back, it's the Burns and Allen Show. So stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. If you'd like to give a gift to a pastor or a small group leader, it's called Pastor Box. They will love it, and you will feel great about giving a Pastor Box to your pastor or small group leader, just visit pastorbox.com. That's pastorbox.com and use code I love my pastor for $25 off each quarterly shipment. That's I love my pastor. Go to pastorbox.com. 
All right, time for Burns and Allen, George Burns and Gracie Allen. They were amazing, Lisa. They were amazing on radio. They were amazing on television. They did movies together. They were madly in love with each other. And um, I got to be good pals with George Burns. He lived to be 100 years old. I, I knew him the last about six years of his life. And he would take me to his country club, the Hillcrest, and we would have lunch together and talk about the the old days, his radio days. And he licensed me the Burns and Allen show. And he was a great guy and introduced me to a lot of other people like Milton Berle and Jerry Lewis. So I really, really appreciate that he helped me in my career, someone licensing these radio shows. We have a Burns and Allen show for you now, March 10th, 1942. I think you're going to like it. Here's the Burns and Allen show. Hello, are you there? Well, we're here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight ways better swan soap. Yes, sir, Lever Brothers Company, the makers of swan, the new white floating soap that's eight ways better, presents the new Burns and Allen Show with Paul Whiteman. <laughs> and your party announcer, Bill Goodwin. Our singer, Jimmy Cash. Well, I swan, the stars of our show, George Burns and Gracie Allen. <laughs> and now let's join George and Gracie at home. It's just after dinner. Well, that was a swell dinner there. Well, what have we got on for the rest of the evening? Nothing. I didn't make a date for tonight. Would you like to go out somewhere? Sure, if you would. Would you? Of course, if you would. I'll go any way you say if you feel like going out. Do you? You bet, if you do. I wouldn't mind going out at all, as long as you feel like it. Well, I'd like to go out, if you really want to go. I'll get my hat, unless you'd rather stay home. Oh, no, no, unless you would. <laughs> Not me. If you want to go out... All right, how about a movie? If you're sure you want to see one. Swell. If you want to go. Oh, I'd love to. Unless you'd rather stay home. <laughs> oh, no. Unless you would. Oh, no. Well... Okay. Swell. I'll get my coat. You sure you want to go? Oh, definitely. <laughs> if you do. Well, I do. If you do. George. What? The heck with it. Yeah. Let's stay home. Sure. Unless you'd rather go out. <laughs> oh, no. Unless you would. Oh, I'm dying to stay home. If you are. I am. Well, stay home. Good. Mm. Unless you'd rather go out. Look, Gracie. <laughs> this is getting kind of silly. Would you like to go out or wouldn't you? Make a definite statement. All right. Good. Either way suits me. <laughs> okay, I'll go in the library and look at the paper and see what's playing. All right, go ahead, George. I'll answer the door. Oh, hello, Gracie. Why, Francis Fowler, come right in. My, you look nice. And sort of different, too. What have you done to yourself? Oh, I know. You've got a black eye. <laughs> yes, thanks to my darling, Harvey. Your husband hit you? Well, he as much as hit me. I tried to kick him, but he dodged, and my slipper flew off and hit me in the face. <laughs> oh, the brute. I'm leaving him, Gracie. I never want to see him again. Oh, you poor girl. Here, sit down and tell me all about it. You must be heartbroken. I am, Gracie. 
Life is empty. Nothing matters anymore. I packed my new suit and a few other things in this bag, oh, and I... Oh, you've I'm... got a new suit? Yes, and it's adorable. Linen? No, it's flannel. What color? Magenta. D- uh, does it have pleated skirts? Yes, and a bolero jacket. Oh, it sounds so sweet. It's a dream. Well, as I was saying, life is empty. Oh, yeah, nothing matters anymore. Are you sure you won't go back to Harvey? Oh, he's so selfish and inconsiderate. Well, all husbands are selfish. Just this morning, I wanted to read, but George took the nicest chair right by the window where the light was best and just sat there mending his socks. (laughs) Gracie, I'm leaving Harvey. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going someplace. Well, look, stay here. We have a guest room. Oh, well, I wouldn't want to inconvenience you. Well, it's no inconvenience, Francis. (laughs) I haven't used our guest room since the last time I asked George to buy me a mink coat. (laughs) <laughs> Come on upstairs Oh, you're a real friend, Gracie George Yes? Someone's at the door Will you answer it? All right, dear Hello, Harvey Hello, George Well, prepare yourself for a shock I've left my wife No kidding Why? Oh, it was her nagging, George That constant nag, nag, nag <laughs> I just couldn't stand it. How would you like your wife to say the same thing to you every morning and every night for 18 years? Well, uh, what does she say? Why don't you go out and get a job? (laughs) Oh, forget it. Forget it. You don't know what it means when your wife is the important one in the family, George. You don't know what it means when your wife is the breadwinner. And you don't... Say, wait a minute. Come to think of it. Never mind. Never mind. Well, anyway, I walked out for good. Believe me. She had given me my allowance this week. I'd go to a hotel. Well, don't worry about it, old man. You can sleep right here. Right in the guest room. Oh, that's swell of you, George. Well, not at all. Come on upstairs. I'll show you where it is. Well, right in here. And believe me, Gracie, if I ever see his ugly face again, I'll certainly... <laughs> oh, oh, hello, Harvey. Well, isn't that funny? We were just talking about you. <laughs> so I heard. Just what are you doing here, my love? Well, I don't have to ask you that. So you followed me here to beg me to come back home. My dear woman, I wouldn't take you back home if you had a new tire around your neck. (laughs) Look, folks, uh, can't we settle this quietly? George, leave them alone. They can fight if they want to. They're still married. (laughs) Oh, George. Right up here, Bill. Uh, Isn't this silly? Why don't you kids kiss and make up? Kiss her? Oh, yeah. Well, hello, Gracie. Hello, Bill. Bill, I want you to meet Mr. and Mrs. Fowler. How do you do? do do? I wouldn't kiss you for all the money in the world. As far as I'm concerned, you can go jump in the lake. What did I do? (laughs) Bill, the Fowlers are having a little fight, and they're both acting like a couple of children. Yeah, and they ought to be spanked. Certainly. I always say if you spare a child in every tub, you should spoil a rod when you stand it on its own bottom. (laughs) You see, Harvey... You're not the only one having troubles. If I had cab fare, I'd go so far away from her. Oh, why don't you get a job? You see what I mean, George? She's the most unreasonable woman Honestly, I ever saw. I'm sick and tired of this now, argument. Look, please, I can't... Mrs. Fowler and Mr. Fowler. Now, why don't you two act like grown-ups and cut out this arguing? After all, think of your baby. Who's going to take care of him? Who's going to give him his bottle? Who's going to give him his bath with Swan, that wonderful new white floating soap? Who's got a baby? Millions of people. <laughs> 
And every one of those babies loves Swan, Mrs. Fowler. Why, Swan is so pure and so gentle and so mild. Mild as even the finest imported Castile soaps. And Mrs. Fowler, you mean to tell me you'd deprive your baby of his bath with Swan? But we haven't got a baby. Alibis, just alibis. <laughs> you go on enjoying your baths and your showers with Swan. You go ahead. Give your complexion the advantage of Swan's gentle, creamy, soft suds. That smooth, mild-as-may swan lather. But, Mrs. Fowler, can you do that and take swan away from your helpless little baby? I plead with you. Please, please, go back to your baby and swan. Bill, they haven't got a baby. They haven't got a baby. No baby? No. Well, gee, what's a home without the pitter-patter of tiny feet? Without a little bundle from heaven with dimpled knees? A rattle in one chubby little fist and in the other a... Pretty green wrapper with a white swan on the front. Oh, Hi, Bill, that was beautiful. Thanks a lot, too. Oh, come on out in the hall a minute. You too, Gracie. All right. Look, we've got to get rid of these people. Well, George, I've got an idea. I'll do anything. What is it? Well, now, if we had no room, they couldn't stay here. That's right. I'll phone my mother and tell her to come and live with us. <laughs> <laughs> Forget it, huh? I would, I would. <laughs> Bill, Bill, maybe you could think of something. Say, wait a minute, George. I've got an idea. I'll be right back. Well, hurry. I, I won't be long. Well, George, do you think if we went out and left Francis and Harvey alone, they might make up? Say, that's not a bad idea. Come on, let's go for a drive. All right, we'll go. Unless you'd rather go to the movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, unless you would. No, I don't mind driving, as long as you feel like it. Oh, I'd like to go. If you really want to. Yeah, let's go. Unless you'd rather go to the movies. Oh, it's all right with me. Unless you'd rather go for the movies. No, I'd have to. Jimmy Cash introduces a lovely new ballad in an old cathedral garden. I'd like to tell you if I may a simple story of undying love. How it will finish, I can't say. So let us all pretend we know the end. In an old cathedral garden, that blooms so fair For there's someone in the garden Nursing it with tender care If there weren't any raindrops This is one thing that I know She has shed so many teardrops They could make this flower grow Cathedral garden Just before they said goodbye With a kiss she made this promise That the rose would never die And she kept the flower growing Knowing he'd come back someday Garden. Yes, it 
Fowlers are uh, arguing there. They're, they won't leave, too. They come over to the Burns' home, and they just won't leave. And the two people playing the Fowlers, you'll recognize uh, these names when I tell you. Paula Winslow, she played Peg on The Life of Riley. And that, of course, as Mr. Fowler, is Mel Blanc, the man of a thousand voices. And you heard him in literally hundreds and hundreds of different radio shows. He and then later went on to play Porky Pig and um, yeah now uh, the rabbit which one <laughs> I forget Bugs Bunny no, Bugs Bunny, Bugs Bunny. thanks yeah. Mike yeah all right more of the Burns and Allen show and more of Hollywood 360 after this. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. With so much political turmoil happening here and abroad, there's never been a more important time to stay informed and empowered. And National Review is the place to turn for thoughtful, conservative opinions. When it matters most, National Review covers the breaking news and cultural trends in our country with a simple goal, uncovering and publishing the truth. Where other media institutions are driven by partisanship and captive to their benefactors and advertisers' progressive agendas, National Review has remained an independent voice committed to defending American values and right reason. We love National Review here at Hollywood 360, and we think you will as well. So if you're someone who's looking for conservative coverage, Lisa's going to tell you how you can check it all out for yourself. That's right. So now you can save 60% on any National Review subscription when you go to nationalreview.com slash Hollywood for unlimited access to the best of National Review. That's nationalreview.com slash Hollywood. All right, Lisa, we're listening to the Burns and Allen Show. Funny episode going way back to 1942, March 10th to be exact. Here's the conclusion now to the George Burns and Gracie Allen Show. Well, while Gracie is upstairs talking to Mrs. Fowler, George is up in the other bedroom talking to Mr. Fowler. No wonder they don't hear the buzzer at the front door. Hello, kids. Where's everybody? <laughs> hey, kids, it's me, Paul Whiten. That's funny. Door open, lights on, nobody here. Hey, anybody home? I wonder where George keeps those good cigars. <laughs> oh, yeah, in this drawer. <laughs> Locked. How do you like a guy like that? Afraid people will steal his cigar. Maybe they're upstairs with the duck. Hey, kids, you got company. It's me. 
Paul, you know. Hey, shut up down there. Yes, please keep quiet. We're very busy, Paul. Bye, Paul. <laughs> okay, okay, I can take a hint. I'm going. Imagine a guy locking up his cigars. Well, goodbye. Oh, but Tracy, don't you see how impossible this situation is? I simply won't stay under the same roof with that man. Oh, now, Francis, don't talk that way. After all, you've been married to him for 18 years, and not only that, he's your husband. I know. <laughs> and the next time I ask the man next to me on the Salt Lake bus if he'd like half a peanut butter sandwich, I'll go have my head examined. <laughs> oh, now, isn't that funny? George and I met almost the same way. On a bus? No, I mean the food. I was playing a theater in Cleveland, and George was on the same bill. I hadn't seen his act yet, so for all I knew, he was a success. <laughs> yes. And uh, after the show, he invited me out to eat, and I ordered a Swiss cheese sandwich, and I kept winking at him through the holes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gracie, that sounds silly. Well, I was in those days. <laughs> then after dinner, we... Both fought for the check. Of course, George is much stronger now. <laughs> uh oh, here they come. Now remember, Francis, just don't lose your temper and everything will be fine. Lose my temper? I won't even talk to the lout. Yeah, oh, well, uh, hello, Harvey. My, you look fine. Well, we're um, all going to have a perfectly marvelous evening together, aren't we? Huh. See? Aren't we, Francis? <laughs> uh, you bet we are. Isn't that right, George? <laughs> Hmm, I'll say. Well, um, how about a few rubbers of bridge? That always makes a husband and wife feel friendly. <laughs> uh, what do you say, George? I don't feel like playing bridge. How about you, Harvey? No, thanks. And you, Francis? Good, we'll play bridge. <laughs> the, um, the tables are all set up right here. Sit down, everybody. Gracie, look. Uh, George and I will play against you, too. Now, deal the cards, George. My goodness, Francis, I hope you and Harvey don't have signals like the Bagsley. I was talking to Mrs. Ba Mr. Bagsley on the street the other day, and I accidentally stepped on his foot, and before he could catch himself, he bid three no trump. Well, no wonder we never win from them. It's your bid, Harvey. What do you do? Oh, would anyone like some candy? It's your bid, Harvey. I pass. Those potato chips are awfully good. Does anyone want any? No, nobody wants any. Well, then I'll take some. All right, do that. Why should I? I don't know. You just said that. Gracie, we're playing bridge. What do you do? What? What do you do? Me? Yes. Oh, I'm on the radio for Swan Soap with you, don't you remember? I know that. I know that. You know that pure gentleman. I know, I know, I know, I know. What do you bid? Oh, what do I bid? Hmm. Hmm, let me see now. Oh, wait a minute, Miss Steele. I only have 13 cards. That's what you're supposed to have. Now bid, will you? Oh, all right. I'll bid one. <laughs> one what? I don't care. It's just a... <laughs> She passes. What do you do, Francis? Francis. Francis, why don't you answer him? Why don't you get a job? There she goes again. <laughs> Gracie, could I see you upstairs a minute? If you ever got up before 10 o'clock in the morning and went night, out looking night, for a job, night, you might morning, be able to find it. Harvey, Francis, please. George and I are going upstairs, and we'll be back in a minute. You go right on doing what you're doing. Yeah, look, 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 look
Look, Gracie... Uh... Oh, there's my darling little ducky. Oh, never mind him. If Bill Goodwin doesn't come back here with an idea how to get rid of these people, I'll go right out of my mind. Oh, well, I'm sorry, dear. Well, you should be sorry. It's all your fault that these people are still here. Of all the silly things you've ever done, this is the silliest. Oh, darn that duck. You keep out of this. Go on, go on, go on. It's all right, Herman, baby. Daddy George isn't really cross with Mama. He's just excited. Now, Herman, that's no way to talk to your daddy. You apologize and tell him you're sorry. Herman Burns, say I'm sorry. If you don't say I'm sorry, I'll take away your rubber fish. <laughs> now, that won't help you, Herman. Say I'm sorry. Yeah, and apologize for that, too. Hmm. Well, I'd love to take that kid on a picnic. Well seasoned. Now, you see, Herman, the reason your daddy is upset is because a friend of ours is having a quarrel with his wife. No, for 18 years. And someday, Herman, you'll grow up and marry a pretty little girl, Doc. And you won't quarrel. You'll make love to her, won't you? Oh. <laughs> and Herman, won't that be wonderful? You'll come home and put your little wing around her. Oh. <laughs> uh, and then you'll hug her. Oh. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, won't it be wonderful when the stork comes someday and brings you some baby ducks? <laughs> well, what are you laughing about? The stork does bring baby ducks. <laughs> oh, George. George. What? Our little boy is growing up. Stop calling him our Deep in the heart of Texas, they yodel 
sheep in the line Now don't go away with more to say about the heart of Texas. The coyotes will along the trail, deep in the heart of Texas. The rabbits rush around the brush, deep in the heart of Texas. The cowboys cry, yi 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 deep in the heart of Texas. One day you go, it's one we hope. Deep in the heart of Texas. Oh, George, I got the flowers to go out in the garden, and they're in the moonlight. And the moonlight is very romantic, you know. Well, I hope it works. Oh, it's bound to. I remember when a good-looking brush salesman came to our house one afternoon, and my sister Bessie kissed him in the moonlight. Wait a minute. If it was afternoon, the moon wasn't out yet. It was by the time she caught him. (laughs) That sounds very romantic. You know, people who quarrel should always sit in the moonlight and make up. Why don't we ever do it? (laughs) Because we don't quarrel. Oh. George. What? George, let's quarrel. No. Just a little fight? Well, I don't want to have a fight. Oh, come on. I'd love to go out in the moonlight and make up. Oh, that's <laughs> silly, Gracie. I'm not mad at you. George. What? Herman's eyes are prettier than yours. <laughs> Good. I sent your blue suit to my father. Good. He sent it back. Good. You won't fight, huh? No, there's nothing to fight about. There is two. There is not. There is two. There is not. There is two. There is not. Oh, you sweet George. Now we can go out in the moonlight and make oh, up. Oh, stop. <laughs> Look, Gracie, let's forget about us and worry about. Come in. Hey, is the coast clear, George? Oh, hello, Bill. If you mean the Fowlers, they're out in the garden. Oh, good. Well, I figured out a way to get rid of them for you. Well, that's great. Come on in, Senor Lee. What's he got to do with it? Well, George, tonight, Senor Lee is your uncle. What? You want, you want me to be a relative to Lee? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, look who is complaining. Hmm. <laughs> now, listen, George, it's a swell idea. Lee will come in and say he's your rich uncle from Texas, see? Well, naturally, he takes the guest room, so the Fowlers have to leave. You get it? Wait. Will they believe that he's my uncle and I'm his nephew? Well, he couldn't very well be your auntie. You'd have to be his niece. (laughs) Well, I'll try it. Anyway, Lee, it's darn nice of you to do this for me. And to think I accused you of being a chiseler. I don't know what to say. That is easy, senor. Just say, here is ten (laughs) dollars. Well, you're still a chiseler, and I'll give you eight (laughs) dollars. As one chiseler to another, I will take it. Mm. (laughs) And, my dear nephew, I will take it in advance. What are you afraid of? Senor Burns, you are now a member of my family, and we are very dishonest. (laughs) Well, here's your money. Now, listen. You wait outside, and when you hear me whistle like this, you come in as my long-lost uncle. And I give you a big kiss. Yes. Oh, no. Go on. Get out. George, I could have thought of a much better idea. Oh, you could not. I could, too. You could not. I could, too. You could not. Uh Oh, you sweet. Let's go out in the moonlight and Oh, please, Gracie. Here come the Fowlers. Oh, well, I better give Lee the signal. Yeah. Well, we're back again, and... Say, what's the whistling for? 
Oh, oh, the whistling? Yeah, what's all the whistling for? Mercy, um... Oh, the whistling. Uh, well, Mr. Fowler, that was really because of me. Uh, you see, um, I was talking about Swan, That's the right. new white floating soap, and how it gives so much suds, and, well, when George heard about those Swan suds, well, naturally, he went... That's right, Bill. You bet. <laughs> well, you've never seen anything like the way Swan soap gives suds, gentle, pure, long-lasting suds. Thick as whipped cream, even in the hardest water. And you've just got to whistle when you see those terrific suds. Oh, what suds? What suds? What suds? Where was that Senor Lee? Uh, uh, what did you say? Oh, he said that swan soap is something to see. Yeah, I always say that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, swan breaks in two. You use one half in the kitchen for dishes and cleaning, the other half in the bathroom for your tub or shower. One soap for all your soap and water jobs. So when I mention Swan, the new Sudsing Wonder, we all ought to give a whistle for it, huh? What do you say? Who uh -huh. Okay, Swan. Well, if it isn't my Uncle Emmanuel. And believe me, it isn't. What happened? <laughs> you and your whistling. A man out there thought it was me whistling at his wife and punched me right in the nose. He is special for romperme las narices, para eso me traje, ¿verdad? Well, I knew it wouldn't work. Well, it wasn't a bad idea, George. It's just that you've never lost that pool room quality in your whistle. Thanks. Thanks and goodbye. Well, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, Mrs. Fowler. Harvey, I, I guess I owe you... I don't know what this is all about, but Francis and I can, came in to tell you that we made up, didn't we, sweetheart? Yes, darling. Well, you see, George, the moonlight did it. Harvey, I knew all the time that Francis was crazy about you. I knew she didn't mean it when she called you a silly-looking moron. <laughs> moron? Well, you see what Gracie is trying to say. Did she say that about me? <laughs> yeah, well, but she didn't mean it, Harvey. It was just like the things you jokingly said about her mother. My mother. Well, look, what Gracie is trying to say... What did he say about uh -huh. my mother? <laughs> nothing, Francis, nothing, really. After all, can a person make a joke about an old tub of lard? <laughs> tub of lard? Listen, I wouldn't live with you if you were there the last you go, man on earth. Night, night, Wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, it's all my fault. <laughs> oh, forget it, sweetheart. <laughs> I always say the wrong thing. <laughs> oh. Why, George Burns, you are to be ashamed of yourself making your sweet little wife cry. What? <laughs> you should be the last one in the world to tell me how to talk to my wife. You just called your husband a moron. Hey, you can't talk to my wife that way. <laughs> I am a moron, and I like to be a moron. Come on, sweetheart. Yes, come on. <laughs> Did they go, George? Yeah, they left. Oh, it worked. I knew it would. <laughs> Well, that was pretty cute. Oh, was it? <laughs> well, it took, it took a long time to get rid of them. What time is it, Gracie? Uh, ten after eleven. Shall we hit the hay? Yeah, I guess so. Unless you'd rather read for a little while first. <laughs> would you? Okay. Unless you'd rather go to bed. Oh, no. Unless you would. Wait a minute. Are you going to start that again? Oh, no. Unless you want it. Oh, come on. Let's go up there. <laughs> Meanwhile, listen to this. Well, did you hear that? 
Gracie, our little friend just said that Swan is the baby gentle soap that's a whiz for suds. And that's a fact, too. You can't get a purer, milder soap than Swan. And you can't beat those Swan suds, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, folks, try Swan and see for yourself. Now, here's George and Gracie. George, 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 wake up. I can't stand your snoring. What? I can't stand your snoring. I'm not snoring. Oh, it's Herman. Oh, bless his little heart. The makers of Swan, the new white clothing soap, join George and Gracie in inviting you to tune in again next week, same time. Until then, this is Bill Goodwin saying, well, I, Swan, why don't you? That is the Burns and Allen show from March 10th, 1942. The Fowlers are fighting and won't go home. George Burns, Gracie Allen, along with Paula Winslow, Mel Blanc, and Clarence Nash doing the uh, little ducky there. Clarence Nash actually did the voice to Donald Duck in the uh, in all the uh, little shorts that Donald Duck was in, and he was um, a cast member on the Burns and Allen show. This was sponsored by Swan Soap and Rinso. I think Lisa uses Swan Soap on her delicate skin. Um, pretty sure. Um, I don't know for sure, but <laughs> the, uh, she's not at the microphone. We'll ask her next time. Anyway, I uh, hope you enjoyed the Burns and Allen show as heard on CBS. Time for Sarah's Backstage Pass. Hi, Carl, and hello to all of our listeners. Tonight, I'm going to review an animated movie that is great for kids and teens, The Magician's Elephant. The film is based on the young adult fantasy novel of the same name by Katie DiCamillo. An orphan boy named Peter begins a search for his sister after a fortune teller sends him on a quest for an answer. My sister lives, and I need to follow an elephant. There are no elephants. I have one final trick. You're here. And now, the elephant! This elephant will lead me to my sister. I must ask you to give her to me. What if... Peter does a series of impossible things. He gets the elephant. It is my destiny. Noah Jupe voices Peter. The director is Wendy Rogers. The screenplay is adapted by Martin Hayes of Toy Story 4. My sister lives. And I will find her. Extraordinary things are possible. If you believe. Oh, I'm in. Three and a half stars out of four. Ultimately, the movie is about achieving the impossible, to follow your dreams and never giving up. The animation of the elephant when it first appears on screen is gorgeous. The colors are very bright and vivid. Peter is very determined and never gives up on his journey to find his sister. I'm Sarah Knight-Adamson, your national film and TV critic for sarahsbackstagepass.com. The Magician's Elephant is playing in select theaters March 10th and streaming on Netflix March 17th. Oh, I say check it out. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. You know what, Lisa? 
Yes. We have a podcast. You know that, right? Do we? And we send it to podcast subscribers each and every Monday. So, folks, if you want to get the full five-hour show, go to Hollywood360radio.com. At the top of the website, all the information, how you can sign up for our full five-hour podcast plus radio rarities. Or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Sign up for the Hollywood 360 podcast and the Radio Rarities podcast comes to you every Monday via email with links that never expire. Pretty good, Holly. It is. I think that was actually your idea. You well, know that? Uh, the good ones are usually yeah, mine. The lousy idea. ideas, they're all yours. Yeah, good um, but idea. But I really do um, have a great time working with you and, um, and co-hosting Radio Rarities. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Next hour, Under Arrest from 1949, plus learning the lyrics. We'll see you soon. Hey everybody, Jared Sebastian, host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.